Welcome to the Vici Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. How are we going to get this conversation started? <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Tell, tell us. Tell us something about friends, Anthony. Tell me something good. <laughs> I don't know why that came up. Anthony, you gave a great post-communion reflection today. Thank you, Austin. Let me just tell you. It, it was, was all nice. Holy Spirit action, as it usually should be. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Thank you. I, I, um, I mean, I'm kind of ashamed to say it, but I had forgotten that there were just first communions this weekend. So We move on real quick, huh? I know. Yeah. We move on. And, and I sensed that as soon as I... There goes the As path. soon as I started to preach on it, they were like... Everyone was like, that wasn't on our minds at all. And you, it's mm-hmm. funny how you can sense that when you're preaching. You can yes. tell when people are like, yeah. yeah, this is exactly what I was thinking about. And then other times it's like, where is this coming from? But it just happened. And it's it's really important. Oh, yeah. It's oh, like, yeah. we are, like we were able to all go to communion. And, and that's awesome. Yeah, I liked what you highlighted about um, uh, we are more united now, or the school in general is more mm-hmm. united now because uh, the second graders have now received. And I yeah. felt like that really resonated with them like they they all sort of sat up a little bit more attentive you know like um something's happened and i think that when we uh and friends can do this when we draw attention to something um people live up to that you know if Mm. if you tell somebody we are united and they hear that statement of fact then they live into that Uh, i think that's what good friends do um They tell us um, the things that maybe we can't see or don't believe about ourselves, and they help us to live into that. Hmm. That's so well, true. I'm glad you liked it. That's, I'm <laughs> glad God spoke something. Yeah. Yeah. He always speaks. So I think, uh, first of all, folks, welcome to the Vichy Mundum Show. Uh, with us today, we've got Anthony Ferguson, our seminarian, who gave the post-communion reflection today. In a year from now, God willing, he'll be able to give the homily. Homily. Up, up until then, they're just homilies. Fake homilies. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so we've got Anthony, the homily giver. And uh, we also have Tina Wandersee, uh, Director of Outreach. Um, and, uh, and I'm Austin, the Director of Advancement. So welcome, folks. And... Um, as Tina was getting us started today, we actually want to talk a little bit about friendship. Um, so friends. Fr- it's a great TV show. You got a actually, friend in me. I love that song. Yeah, that's good. What's his name? Randy Newman. That's it. Randy Newman. Have <laughs> <laughs> you ever just listened to his songs? They're the most ridiculous. Song. It's like he's making them up on the fly. That's right. On the beach somewhere. <laughs> he just has a piano and what comes to his head comes out in the song. <laughs> You got a friend in me. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Man, that song when Buzz Lightyear was flying through the sky or whatever by Randy Newman, oh. and then he falls. Oh, my gosh. Clearly, I will go sailing oh, no more. Devastating. Buzz Lightyear can't fly. It's, oh. it's terrible. Yeah, He really yeah, makes but that you know, movie. He has a friend, and his name's Woody. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Everybody's that, got a friend. That's deep. They started yeah. as frenemies, though. Yeah. They did. But, but Austin, what, what brought up this topic of friendship? Do you I'm going to be honest. Not Toy Story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. I was worried. Or, or Randy Newman, to be, to be quite honest. Um, We're just letting the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He's just he's just taking this thing and running. He uh, is. No, so... Um, I mean, we, we all have friends, uh, like we said a moment ago. And uh, I've been talking to... 
actually, I had this awesome day recently. Um, it was a gift from God hmm. where I've got um, like five, four, four guys who I would consider some of my closest friends. Um, and, uh, and they're all over the place. Like one's currently in California, one's in Indiana. Um, one is like transient and another lives in West Virginia. I mean, they're all over the place. And so some of them I talk to like once a year, others I talk to, um, weekly. Um, and some of them like once a month or something. Well, in one day, and I was kind of having a low couple days before this day, but in one day, all four of those people called me and like everything aligned. I usually can't answer my phone. I'm, I'm kind of, I studied communications, but I'm kind of the worst at it. Hmm. Um, like if somebody texts me, it might be two hours before I get back. Um, and so oftentimes when people call, it goes to voicemail, but it was like just very providential, just lined up where I had time, a good amount of time to talk to all of these people. Um, and at the end of the day, I was just, I mean, I could do nothing but be grateful to God that, you know, that, that God's my friend and he just showered his love on me by having all of these friends call and just want to talk. Um, so it got me thinking uh, and kind of, like I said, praying and, and thanking God for friendship. And it got me thinking uh, about the question, what makes a good friend? What is a good friend? Um, so that's the question that I want to pose and discuss today is what what constitutes a good friend? Either of you have any thoughts that come to mind? Uh, well, in light of your your experience with these friends that called you just out of the blue and it was this providential coming together of the, these separate people that, that mean something to you, I mean, what was going through my mind is that a good friend reminds you of who you are. Hmm. You know, it, a good friend is someone that as soon as you start hanging out with or having a conversation with, you get snapped back into reality. No matter what you're going through, they they kind of remind you what's important to you. They remind you like what is like what you're all about. Hmm. That's what a good friend is. So, I mean, you know, you go through periods where you're like, oh, man, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who I am. But then you hang out with a really good friend and it's like, oh, yeah, I remember. Like, yeah. and, and they help you to realize that. So. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of bring out, I think, the uh, the best in us, mm-hmm. you know, um, and they've recognized uh, something specific about your identity. Um, and they, they can pull you back to that when they see you off course. Yeah. Um, and I've heard it explained that, like, uh, I was reading somewhere recently that this person was writing about friendship, and they said, a really good friend uh, just is there to listen all the time and let you be who you are, which I thought was good, but it wasn't far enough, because I think a really good friend also challenges you to be that person. Um, when I think of all four of these particular people, there, there's a level of challenging that we do to for each other, um, where the one will will challenge me uh, in certain areas or, or ask what I think about something, and I'll say, "Well, that's good, Austin, but have you thought about it in this light?" Mm-hmm. You know, or or uh, like one one of my friends that was great. I was telling him um, that uh, that you know I tried this uh, this this new. Um, this new program, I guess, um, or kind of tried this new discipline and was like, yeah, you know, I gave something up. Uh, maybe it was ever Lent. I, I don't exactly remember, but I gave something up and was like, you know, I did that and it really stuck through and I've been able to keep giving it up and it's great. He's like, awesome. That's great. What have you done lately? Cause this was like three years ago. And I was like, oh man, 
That's a tough question. You know, but it's a question that he could ask because he was a very good friend and I trusted him. Um, so he could ask that question and challenge me to be a better human being um, that that's really kind of beautiful, you know? Mm-hmm. And I could ask him that mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been uh, flipping it back and forth in my head. What does it mean to be a good friend? Uh, thinking about people in my life, what does it mean to me for them to be a good friend? What qualities do I see in them? Um, and I... <laughs> I can't definitively give an answer to that. <laughs> it's a big question. Um, but in the in the in the final moments of what you just said, um, ultimately for me, um, uh, what uh, makes a good friend is somebody uh, who can uh, reach a level of intimacy authentically um, and connect there uh, without any sort of um, uh, superficiality. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for me, um, a good friend uh, is somebody um, uh, who knows uh, God and knows who they are uh, and why uh, why we're here (laughs) and is able to sort of be a, a companion on the journey. Um, maybe friends meant something different to me years ago. Um, but being that I'm the oldest one at the table (laughs) by about double, (laughs) that has, that has kind of of changed for me. Not that, not that, not that, that younger people see friendships differently. It's just that, um, uh, I probably wasn't for me personally, wasn't thinking of these same types of things when I was in my twenties. Many young people are in their 20s now um but uh so for me it's uh, somebody who's who's able to reach a level of intimacy um Mm. uh with the job that i do um uh people uh reach that level a lot quicker and so um if uh, if like you had said it's different communications don't come naturally to you or don't come well to you or however you put it (laughs) um but for me it has to be instantaneous and um, I've just been programmed throughout the day. If I get a text, I respond back, even if it's just call you in a minute. Got it? Um, because in uh, in the the world that I live in, uh, in the outreach office, people need a lifeline now. Yeah, hmm. they need to know somebody's there now. Hmm. Um, and so, even if it's just uh, I'm in a meeting, I'll call you in a minute. Um, I try to give that as quickly as possible because. People need intimacy, and they desire mm. that. And uh, even though you can't be at, at that level with everybody, um, uh, I think being as authentic as possible um, with the people around you is important. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Having intimacy, you can't do that with everybody. I think that's the problem with Facebook friends. Like, you have, yeah. like, I have, like, a million Facebook friends, but, you know, I... <laughs> Which which of those I actually have any level of intimacy yeah, with is yeah. highly suspect. <laughs> I don't I don't right. know many of those people at all. Um, I mean, I, they're acquaintances, you know. Um, and and I think there's something kind of uh, subtle that can happen that that can really um, hurt a friendship. So, uh, like my my closest friend from high school, when he called the other day, um, he called to celebrate. He had just gotten into. Um, to university uh, to get his PhD in philosophy. And so he called because he was excited and he wanted to celebrate. And I had nothing but joy for him. Um, very excited for him. Yeah. Uh, but, and it dawned on me just reflecting on that, that like, you know, in the rest of the day, 
um, I was happy and telling my wife, you know, oh man, his name's Rory. Rory got what he was like. He's been working so hard for this. It's so mm-hmm. great. I'm so excited for him. Um, and I realized, you know, that, uh, and it, it's a grace from God, but that there was true love uh, on my part for him that um, I was not envious of of something that he had um, mm. received. Um, and I think that it's like, I think that's something that's really quick to destroy a friendship is envy. Um, even subtle envy is mm-hmm. just, you know, um, are we rejoicing at the other's good or are we wishing that we ourselves had it? And when you said Facebook, it kind of got me thinking about that, that, that I think that that's actually, I'm not on Facebook. And that was one of the, one of the reasons why is it's very hard and I'm not advocating that everybody get off Facebook. I'll be clear. Um, but I found it personally just hard to look at other people and not experience any sort of envy because what, what's being posted is like, Hey, this mm-hmm. great thing that happened. And because I'm not intimate with a lot of those people, mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh man, I wish I was at the beach. Mm-hmm. You know, Oh man, I wish I had this thing or that thing that they just got. Like it, you know, it would just kind of mm-hmm. subtly come. And, and I realized like my love for those people wasn't growing. It was diminishing. You know, oh, and I think that uh, that it, it's very. There's just a big challenge that. Um, <laughs> Why you say? Oh, I just I've never thought about it. that's that's a really cool way of thinking. Like that, yeah. That yeah, it's you have truth. to do things that increases your love for people, mm-hmm. and and if something is challenging that, then you have to cut it out of your life. So that for you, Facebook was that challenge. Yeah, so. and I'm not saying I won't ever get back on. You know, yeah. I may get back on. Um, huh. But uh, but yeah, at the time anyway, like it was. Yeah, I just I just realized like I don't want to envy other people. I want to rejoice at their rejoicing. I want to love other people. Um, when when things are good for them, we should be nothing but happy. You know, our like when we like their picture should be an authentic like <laughs> or an authentic mm. love. Right, of their and picture. I think and again to to get back to um, uh, the uh, the opening, um, people uh, friends should. Um, encourage each other in a way that allows them to be drawn into uh, the person that they were created to be. It should allow them to be able to live into something greater than, um, let's just say, standing around um, gossiping or talking about other people. Or you know, Some friendships are based on that, yeah. uh, are based on um, uh, getting together and just uh, partying uh, and not sure. being present or um, aware uh, of their dignity um, and uh, and uh, and so you know I think that that friends uh, remind each other or treat each other uh, with dignity and allow growth to happen um, and people to develop into um, who they were created to be yeah I like C.S. Lewis's definition of friendship. Um, this comes from The Four Loves. Have, have you guys ever read The Four Loves by C.S. I don't Lewis? Think so, no. I've, uh, no. He no. talks about the four different types of love, and one of those is friendship. And um, he says that friendship is built on the question do you see the same truth? Hmm. Do you say see the same truth? So, like people mm-hmm. that that have similar values, and and that is that that can even be a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. So, like what you're saying, if yeah. if a friendship is totally based on the truth that we all hate this person or something, yeah, or yeah, yeah. we all like getting blasted on alcohol. I mean, yeah, th- those oh, people are interesting. They're united. They're yeah, like this absolutely. is the truth that we believe in. Yes. This is the way to a happy life. Yes. Um. So even like vicious friendships. Mm-hmm 
can be ba- ba- based on the same truth. Um, but we want, you know, what we talked about in the Star Wars in reality um, episode, why limit yourself? Why reduce the desire? We're built to love truth himself. And so if we center our friendships on that truth, on yeah. the truth, yeah. then, then we're going to have, we're going to get that intimacy that we're all looking for. We're going to get the depth of, of meaning that right. we're all hungry for. Right. Wow. So, yeah, that's really powerful that it's based on the on the same the same truth. And I think it's uh it's either Socrates or Plato, um, one, one of those, those Greek guys. Yeah, one of those Greek philosophers. It's all Greek to us. So, whatever. You know the three of them: Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle. You know how you how you remember them? How well, acronyms? Spa. That's how you remember the order of them. So what? There you have it. S P A. Socrates taught Plato. Plato taught Aristotle. <laughs> Look at that. Well, there's your fun fact. What's your? Fact? I digress. Anyway, what, one what's, of the- what's your point? In the words I'm of just Mon- thinking, I might write that down. <laughs> so important. In the words of Monty Python, <laughs> get on with it. <laughs> uh, so, at any rate, uh, uh, he talks about. I think it's three types of friends. Um, mm-hmm. And he talks about the like the the, the kind of casual friend that, that you might have, like you have a lot of just these yeah. pleasant friends, yeah. people that you pass, and you know you see them at work. Hey, how you doing? How's the kids? You know, mm-hmm. you enjoying your cup of coffee, and you walk on. Then you have friends of utility, um, and those are friends that uh, that like you. And this sounds bad, but it you does. use it's a them. Nasty word. Yeah, friends of utility. It <laughs> but sounds they're part bad. Of, they're part of yes, life. They it are. is. So For you sure. have people that you call when you need something. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Like you know, I need I need my drain fixed. Well, I've got a great friend who's a plumber, and I call him whenever I've got issues. <laughs> it's like the Ghostbusters. Who are you yeah. going to call? Ghostbusters. Yeah. Exactly. You, know, you, you know? call your friends the Ghostbusters when you have ghosts. Exactly. And marketers use this. You know, we're your friends over here, and we'll help you with this thing. Like they're marketing themselves as a util- utilitarian friend. Yeah. They want to be your utilitarian friend, <laughs> the person you call, um, and it just so happens they get paid when you call them. So. Like a good neighbor state farm is there exactly Correct. yeah huh. um so you've got a lot of these friendships that are utilitarian um sure and that uh i mean i don't i don't particularly i don't know from my own personal perspective i don't think it's healthy to leave a friendship there i mean some of them exist there but uh but the kind of the ultimate um friendship is a dear friend and that's somebody that that you can really uh, confide in that we've been talking about that there's intimacy and mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of these. In fact, in Sirach mm-hmm. uh, chapter six, they talk about true friendship, and it said, "Let your acquaintances be many, but one in a thousand your confidant." You know, there's not there's not that many. Like you, you don't have a lot of times in your life a lot of these really intimate friends. Mm-hmm. It's because they're a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It is a lot of work. It takes. It takes maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. To a certain point. I don't know. Yeah, I Tina's don't know. Tina's not so, I'm not sure, so about that. sure about Let's that. Yeah, I think that um, uh, when you have a, a, a close friend, um, uh, as I say, a, a, a friend on the a journey, uh, and have intimacy with them, that's actually a lot easier um, than uh, an, a superficial uh, friendship uh, and you fair. probably yeah and, and i don't have to say this i know that it, it, it just hearing uh the distinction between the two uh you know that that, that that's probably true but um so somebody who is you're you're just you know sort of in a superficial relationship with it's hard because especially if you're in one of these friendships that um uh 
is uh, just for your sole purpose. You get something from it. You had read a quote before. Maybe you can read that again. Sure. Read that again. So this is from a book by uh, Massimo Kamisaska. <laughs> Who is, uh, he's a bishop, I think, in Italy. He's, That's uh, an awesome name. Yeah, Kamisaska. But uh, he's a. Uh, you said that like it was Japanese, but he's in Italy. He's Italian. <laughs> That's awesome. No, he's a. He's actually a part of like the communion and liberation movement, which we talked about mm-hmm. on one of our previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. But the quote on friendship says this. Um, so basically, there are those who confuse friendship with seeing oneself reflected in the other to the point of seeing only oneself. This is narcissism, which seeks only the approval and exaltation of the self. Oh, yeah, so, so this, this, that, that type of friendship is difficult um, because that means I need you as my friend for you to fulfill something in me yeah. so that I can feel better, feel greater. Uh, and it's a, it's a very um, uh, prideful and selfish sort of thing. That's hard to do. Yeah. To and make spend- sure that your friends all love you so dearly and that nothing that you do because uh, will make them go away is difficult. If you have a good friend that you're intimate with, you could literally um, fall on your face, do something uh, completely grievous, and they will overlook it or understand it, and you don't have to worry that tomorrow they're gone. Very In okay? fact, they're going to pick you they're up. They're going to pick you up. Yeah. So this is not difficult. If they don't um, uh, call you tomorrow, um, you know, uh, much like, I view it kind of like the Lord, uh, being in friendship with the Lord. It, you know, Some days he's there, Johnny, on the spot to send down the rain of blessings. <laughs> things, right? And then some days it's like, where are you, Lord? But you know in your heart, he's still there. Um, So you don't necessarily need to, um, you know, unless unless you've you've done something that that requires forgiveness, you don't necessarily have to beat yourself up trying to figure out how can I win God's love? You have it, right? And so this I view as the same thing with a really true intimate friend. There's nothing you have to do to win their friendship. You know they'll be there, whether you're, you know, funny today or sad tomorrow. Um, they will be there and you don't have to figure out what to do to win their heart. Absolutely. Mm. And, yeah. So I think intimacy is easy. Yes. I think we think it's hard, but we actually have to do less because I don't necessarily have to speak to you at great length to know that we share a friendship on the journey, mm-hmm. you know. And there, I mean, there is kind of a level, I think, um, uh, when you start off on the relationship, you know, you meet somebody and I think there's people that you, you click with and it just yeah. all of a sudden is like, man, this is really taking off, but there's still, the intimacy is always growing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first moved to Newport News, I read this like, uh, uh, self-help business type of book mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of funny, but, uh, he, he talked about, um, doing the reps so like the repetition mm-hmm. so if you want to get good at a sport you go out like basketball mm-hmm. and you just keep shooting hoops you do the reps mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and he said that the, um, a similar thing can happen or you can kind of follow that same mentality to a degree with a friendship mm-hmm. like you know uh, and when Claire and I moved here we didn't know anybody and so there was this great family we met and uh, and we would what we call do the reps. We connected with them quickly Mm -hmm. and it was like, but we want to grow to a level of intimacy with Mm -hmm. this couple because we really like them. Mm -hmm. So even though we're tired, 
we're not like really close with them yet. So let's call them and have them over. Yeah. Maybe we don't want to do it right now. Let's do it yeah. anyway. Yeah. Uh, um, and so they would come over and we got to a point where I, I mean, I could show up at their house and like knock on their back window while they're doing dishes and surprise yeah. them. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I said, yeah, come on in. Yeah. You know, and it was, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. beautiful. It was this beautiful like intimacy, but you work for it. Yeah. And I think to kind of bring this like full circle because who's the best friend we can have is Jesus Christ, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, when I think about like uh, a really good friendship with a person and what you go through to develop that level of intimacy, you kind of have to go through the same thing with Jesus. Yeah. You know, on our, on our own part is like, you have got, you've got to be faithful. You've got to, even when you don't feel like it, you got to get on your knees and pray, mm-hmm. you know, for that intimacy mm-hmm. to really start to mature and yeah. to grow. Mm-hmm. And, and what does Jesus say? But like, you know, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It's yeah. still a burden. It's still, I mean, the Christian life is hard. Yeah. The, the Christian friendship, yeah. I would say, is, is hard work. And I guess what I meant by maintenance, um, <laughs> it's not like, oh, crap, now I have to go and do this for this friend. No, it was. It's more like we have to invest in people. Yes. Yeah, that's a good distinction. We have to invest mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in the friends that we've made. And I think um, God brings friends into our life so that we can learn how to like invest in people. Mm-hmm. So it's not always like, Oh, I want to go make me some friends. It's, yeah. it's who's God bringing together into my life. What, who is he giving me as a friend? Um, those are sometimes the friendships that, yeah. that are both harder and yes. easier. Yes. They're both harder. Cause mm-hmm. like once you grow to that intimacy, intimacy with someone, they're going to, there's a greater demand, you know, they're going to, they might ask things of you that, yeah. that your acquaintances would never dream of asking. But of you yes. know what? It's easy sure. because you love them. Yeah. And so when they ask something challenging, it's like, of course I will do it. And it's you a know, joy. The yeah. burden is light because you get to express your love for that person. Absolutely. And when they don't ask, you almost get kind of hurt. Like, why didn't you burden me with that? You know, I want to help you carry that. Right. Uh... And I guess, and, and just to, um, I, I will um, uh, bring value to it being difficult in that um and <laughs> that there are times through these uh intimate relationships where you cannot do anything mm-hmm. but be at the foot of the cross and that mm-hmm. is difficult yeah. when you have uh, a friend that you are intimate with when there is no solution or no help that you can be other than just standing there uh, as Mary did at the foot of the cross um, uh, silently, you know, praying. Uh, this, yes, can can weigh on you and make it difficult because now that you're in an intimate relationship, this this burden of theirs is the same as if it was your burden. That's so yeah. true. Do you know what I'm saying? You have you have now t- you have now have come into such a relationship with them that whatever they suffer, you suffer. Um, same as you would your kids or, you know, or your spouse. Your spouse. Yeah. Um, and so it, 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 that is, um, is burdensome, uh, because it's just, uh, another thing that you have to relinquish to God. So you <laughs> you're not only relinquishing so your own burdens to God, uh, now you're relinquishing the burdens of <laughs> the people that you're intimate with yeah. as well. That reminds me of the, you shared before we started recording the story of David and Jonathan. Oh yeah. And how like Jonathan he's like in good with King Saul. He's his son. Like he has nothing to worry about, but he, he becomes friends with David and identifies with David's sufferings. Mm -hmm. Like he, he starts to like realize that he has a part to play that he can like defend his friend in a way or like help David, Mm -hmm. um, or just, you know, walk with him as Saul tries to kill him over and over. Yeah. As his own father tries to kill him, he continues to try to protect David. Yeah. I mean, the friendship is just like, 
if you read, there's so much in the story of David, First and Second Samuel, but that aspect of their friendship is just really beautiful. Uh, and I, I'll read just a couple of verses so you can kind of, if you've, if you've not read this story or it's been a while, just the beauty of the love that the two of them have. Um, so this is chapter 18 in First Samuel. By the time David finished speaking with Saul, Jonathan had become as fond of David as if his life depended on him. He loved him as he loved himself. And then a little further on, and Jonathan entered into a bond with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan divested himself of the mantle he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his military dress and his sword, his bow, and his belt. I mean, that's beautiful. That's he him. loved him as he loved himself. Yeah. And that, you know, and that was one of the first times that Jonathan uh, encountered David. Um I think he had he had seen him before, you know, he he fought different things, but but when he really is watching David have this interaction with Saul, it's like he's he sees him talking to Saul and he loves him. You know, and he enters into this bond with him. A covenant. Yeah, and there's something about like we've all met those people who just have this deep relationship with Christ and you meet them and then you love them, you know? Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. and I mean, think about the ultimate. Mm-hmm. Like when you meet Christ, you love him, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you should. Um, <laughs> sometimes we choose the opposite. But yeah. when when you really encounter that conversion, you love him and you want to enter into the bond and you want to divest yourself of of the things, you know, of your trappings. You want to give him something. You, know? you want to make yourself vulnerable. Yeah. Like, that's what Jonathan, he's like, that's so all right, true. my shield, my sword, I don't need these anymore. I'm going to be totally vulnerable. And mm-hmm. that, wow. we didn't really get mm-hmm. into that too much, yeah. but like friendship mm-hmm. is built on being willing to be vulnerable with people. Yes, yes. Oh, it's so true. Yeah, you can't have a really deep friendship with a hard heart. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. You have to have a soft heart. So, well... We could go on and on about friends. Guys, you guys are some good friends. I'll tell you that. Great friend to you. I call you friends. Great friend. friend (laughs) No longer slaves. Yeah, no But at the end of this podcast, (laughs) I now call you all friends. (laughs) (laughs) Us, you're no longer my slave. (laughs) (laughs) Biblical reference. Man, this is going to be fun. There's so many, like, peaks in this uh, audio from us laughing. Oh, gosh. I hope we didn't blow out your ear holes. I'm sorry, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's a good sign. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, thank you for listening to to another episode of the Vici Moonum Show. Remember, you can uh, rate us, share us, um, and uh, if you're our good friend, you can send us an email. We'll Absolutely. take it. Uh, Vici Moonum sixteen thirty three at gmail dot uh, So, thank you guys, and until next time, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray, pray for, for us. us. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia, or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. This podcast is presented to you by individuals who are not all necessarily experts in the field of discussion, but are answering the call of the new evangelization and sharing the love of Christ with you. God bless you. Speak, friend, and enter. (laughs) I no longer call you all my slaves.